According to the National Center for Drug Abuse, over 165 million Americans ages 12 and up are currently abusing drugs or alcohol. Of those 165 million Americans, there is a mom, dad, sister, brother, wife, husband, son, daughter, or grandparent praying and pleading that they would stop. Addiction is a subject most people don't like to talk about and is kept behind closed doors. But the Finding Hope podcast will bring light to the subject and give families that are living in shame, guilt, hopelessness, fear, worry, and anger, tools and education to find strength, peace, happiness, joy, and hope. Hello, I'm Amy LaRue, Finding Hope Coordinator for Hope is Alive Ministries and your host for this Finding Hope podcast. At Hope is Alive, our mission is to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. We do this through our intentional next-level sober living homes and faith-based support groups for the loved ones of addicts called Finding Hope. Thank you for joining me today. I've asked Jamie Kelton, Program Director from Peaceful Family Oklahoma, to be a part of today's episode. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? Today's been a good day, and I'm excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. So tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm the program director, like you mentioned, um, at Peaceful Family Oklahoma. I've been able to have that role since 2020. So it's been um, an interesting process during the pandemic, um, serving families and children impacted by um, addiction and substance use disorders and how to navigate that into today's Um, world. So my background, I've been born and raised Oklahoma, um, been here um, until I received my master's um, out of state, but felt that pull back to Oklahoma Mm. and um, been here ever since. So um, yeah, that's just a little bit about me and and who I am with, with Peaceful Family Oklahoma. So tell us more about what Peaceful Family Oklahoma is. Peaceful Family Oklahoma was founded in 2014. Um, The program itself is a free children's program, peer-to-peer camp-style model for kiddos who have been impacted by their caregiver or adult substance use disorder um, or addiction. Mm -hmm. The program itself originated um, out of SAMHSA's curriculum, which is part of the national government. Um, The program that we found was um, being administered out of the Betty Ford Clinic that was in Dallas at the time. Our creator, our founder Mm -hmm. um, of Peaceful Family Oklahoma, was in search um, for more supports for um, his family. And so in that, he was receiving services of, you know, the traditional counseling and those sorts of things. Um, However, knew that the conversation with kiddos and addiction needed to be more direct. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many resources we've talked about on this podcast a lot for our loved ones with a substance use disorder. Right. And there's, you know, a slimmer amount for family members. Yep. And then the kids, you know, they're sometimes like, you know, we're so busy doing stuff, you know, trying to fix everything, but the kids are impacted so much. So how do you guys work with these children? So the curriculum itself is designed age appropriately. Um, so that's that's where it has to um, be administered in an effective way. 
right? Every child mm-hmm. isn't going to understand the concept of yeah. a substance use disorder or addiction. So when you have a child who's been impacted, um, first it's about education. So what is addiction? How do you take that concept and define it for kids? And so within the program, we have activities, we have lessons um, that we implement for the kiddos um, to be able to describe it in age-appropriate terms. And what are some, if someone's listening, how do you describe it? So, if someone's like, how do I do this with my kiddo or my grandchild? How, how would you define so it? So when we talk about um, addiction, we talk about it as a family disease everyone is impacted. Mm -hmm. Um, The person who is living in the disease of addiction at the time, or even someone who's now living in recovery, may be explaining to a child what it was. So um, with terms that we use for our kiddos, we will use terms such as someone is trapped, Mm. someone is, is hooked, and someone is caught by addiction. All explaining it in storytelling, um, where kids can then identify those words. Um, the word trapped is much more familiar than the word addiction yeah. um, to a kiddo. So the, the program that we have um, was implemented in 2014 in Oklahoma for only kiddos 7 to 12. Well, we were, you know, we were doing those types of programming, you know, throughout the state and in the metro area for the most part. But when talking with partners, when you say, how do you talk to kids, partners are asking, we need material for younger kids. We need material mm. for teenagers because it's not just a certain age. Group yeah. It's not just a seven to 12, right? Like you were saying, it's the littles and the teens and the, you know, high, you know, all those years. Absolutely. Exactly. So what we've been able to do within the last few years is to be able to take the curriculum from um, NACOA, which is the National Association for Children of Addiction. They're the keepers of Mm. the curriculum itself, that there is young child material where you can work with younger kiddos in an age-appropriate way. So, um, gosh, we piloted a young child program in March. Oh, just recent? Like, yes. Last month? Yes. yes. (laughs) Yeah. So we've been launching a young child program. Okay. We have our children's program that is 7 to 12. And this past April, actually, we've approached a year of mm. launching our teen program for 13 to 18 year olds. So the, the programs themselves are, are different from the way they are presented to the families, the way that they are administered to the kiddos with the same message um, in an age appropriate way. I love that. You're meeting the kids where they are, you know, developmentally appropriate with the terminology and the words and all of that. So you talked about, you teach them what addiction is. Mm-hmm. What else are the do you guys teach the children as they're going through this? So when we think about the the things that people carry, right? So a lot of times the conversation of trauma, of feelings, of family secrets, of mm. um, family problems, um, those types of things. So we give the kiddos an invitation to be able to start learning about themselves. What am I carrying around? What feelings am I carrying around? Um, how do I learn to deal with my feelings. And so when we're with the kiddos, we do a lot of of work around feelings and around things that they're carrying. That's that's a big component um, of the introduction of of what we're going to be doing in our program. Mm -hmm. And then we really emphasize that our loved ones also carry a lot. 
mm-hmm. and that it's never the responsibility of the child to take care of what a grown-up is carrying. That's good. So with kiddos who have a grown-up who has struggled with a substance use disorder, it's very common that they will try to fix, that they will try to mm-hmm. help, that they will try to make better. Um, you know, a lot of times kids, developmentally appropriate, live in their ego, right? It's all about them. And so a lot of times kids feel like if I would have just done better, if I would have just not yelled or acted out, or if I would have mm. just made a better grade, or if I would have just. So they're blame, starting to blame themselves of why their parent or caregiver exactly. is using. Exactly. And that's developmentally appropriate mm-hmm. um, because that's what kids seem to, to think. It's all about them. So the program that we offer is for the conversation to begin with kids to start practicing understanding that it's not their fault. Yeah. It never could have been their fault. And so that's a big piece that we we like for kids to have that aha that mm-hmm. when a parent or a caregiver is carrying around their own stuff, typically their own stuff started happening before the child was even born. Mm-hmm. So in no way, shape, or form could that have ever been the kids. Um, it never could have been their fault. Which is very interesting because we talk about that at Finding Hope with, right. you know, that that's part of our motto. It's not... It's not your fault. And to think about the kids, maybe they're not able to verbalize how they've been feeling. And, you know, you're talking about them carrying that extra weight or those extra feelings that they don't know what to do with them because it feels weird. I don't know. I, I can't talk about, we don't talk about it here. And it's my fault that my mommy or my daddy or my uncle or my grandma or whatever might be my brother, maybe even is doing this you know, but you guys are able to give them that safe place to say, it's not your fault. You know, like they're able to finally have that moment. I love that you said that they get that aha moment. I, you know, I'm sure you can just see it on their faces sometimes and like, oh, it isn't my fault that so-and-so is addicted. right? Right. Right. And that's something too, that with other kiddos, and that's, what's important where, you know, we have, supports around the individual maybe looking for um, recovery and mm-hmm. needing that recovery world and then we have you know adults that have their peer support mm-hmm. you know if they have a loved one that yeah. struggled and there's a lot of great resources um, in our community for for those things um, but the kiddos are getting that peer-to-peer piece um, with other kiddos so that they also know that they're not alone yeah they're not the only ones you know in their classroom at their school or wherever they might be exactly going through this exactly and it's the statistics are showing one in four children are living wow. in a home well that is in in our teenage world that we we talk to they say outdated a lot of our teens are very much the pandemic has impacted everyone in a mm. very different way so our teens are kind of our biggest allies with where's the most recent data Where's the most recent information um, for those types types of things? Very interesting. Yes. I love that. Yes. Well, I don't love that they're going <laughs> through it, but the that they are being a voice. Correct. Yeah. And being able to speak up about, real, no, that's outdated. We need to redo this, right? Yeah. yeah. They've seen the world change yeah. and, and they're, they're advocates for um, understanding and having more research um, behind the disease of addiction. And so... When we, we talk about our, our program and the peer-to-peer piece that is so important um, for children and teens to know they're not alone and to also know that there's no shame that needs to be mm. attached um, to their situation. Um, we know that 
shame is carried around by lots of people. Mm-hmm. And to break that cycle, it, you have to start talking. And you have to allow kids to have those conversations to know that they don't have to be the next generation to keep it quiet. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, in the disease of addiction, there's nothing to be ashamed of. And so kids carry that and don't want to talk about it. And so to break that, we have to invite kids and teens and young children to start practicing talking. Yeah. So it almost sounds like we just need to start being open, having those conversations. I mean, my husband is very open with our children mm-hmm. about the conversations and Lance Lang and the founder of Hope is Alive was at our church recently and mm-hmm. spoke to the youth and the parents and um, our middle child, we made her stay, even though she wasn't the, in the middle school yet, she will be next year. And that just opened up a conversation because we just asked her, you know, at the dinner table, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. we're just going to talk about it here. We're, you know, what, what spoke to you? What, what did you hear that Lance said? You know, she knows Lance, he's my boss and all that, but it's just really opened up that door for that conversation to talk about. Yeah, exactly. And the, and there are some hesitations, right? Mm-hmm. When you think, I don't want to talk about this yet with my kiddo. They might be too young. They, how could they possibly remember if someone's living mm-hmm. in recovery and those sorts of things. But the, the conversation around um, addiction doesn't have to be scary. Um, mm-hmm. It can be very factual of, yeah. of what's happening. And um, I think with our program itself, we really know that when parents or caregivers are willing to have their child participate in our program, they're giving their most prized possessions to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. So for us as a staff, we know that it takes courage. It takes extreme courage for um, a family to send a child who might be sharing their experience with um, more people um, who might bring up something that the caregiver thought they forgot or would never remember. And so for us as a staff, we know that showing the caregivers the and, and showing them admiration and, you know, commending them for their courage and their, you know, vulnerability to bring kiddos to this is changing the cycle. And what you mentioned at the very beginning is this is a family disease. Right. And so what I'm hearing you just now saying is the whole family needs recovery. Right. Right. Like it's not just part of the family needs recovery. The whole family system needs recovery. Right. And I was very lucky enough to do a breakout session um, at your retreat. And so when we did the breakout session, we talked about how delicate families can be Mm. um, as a whole in general without the disease of addiction incorporated. Um, But when you throw in something like any sort of disease, whether that be cancer, whether that be um, diabetes or addiction, the, the families are, are all, the family members are all impacted. Mm -hmm. And so the kiddos are usually the last to be thought of in this process, but we know that to create change, they also have to be included in the recovery as well. And as a conversation, we know that the um, individuals like living in recovery, if the whole family is involved, they have a, a higher sustainability of, of living in recovery, um, especially with, with kiddos involved um, in their recovery process rather than being separated from it. 
Yeah, that's so good. I just love what you guys do. And I always am advocating. Oh, let me here. Let me give you a contact. Thank for you. You. <laughs> um, for, so for those listening um, that may know a child that has a parent with addiction, how can they support the child today? Listening today, you know, your program's amazing. And, you know, it's in only in Oklahoma, first of all, which is a bummer. But um, how can they start that support for that child. So we always encourage families, if kiddos are asking questions, instead of the the caregiver, whomever that may be, let's say you've got a grown-up raising a grandchild or kinship placement, mm-hmm. or you've got a foster parent or an adoptive parent, mm-hmm. um, that if kiddos are asking questions, to try to remain open to those questions. Um, we know a lot of times it's more comfortable for adults to shut down and we say, oh, we'll get to that later. Um, but there's a need behind those questions. Um, there's the, the kid is needing some sort of information. So there are resources that Peaceful Family Oklahoma can provide. Um, we can navigate conversations and questions um, as well. So I think one thing that we would suggest is to be sure that you're ready to be open um, for those questions. Because we know that kids will ask if they hear something at school. Mm. Um, kiddos might ask, where's your grown-up? Where's, where's your parent? Why do you live with your grandparents? Um, even just those innocent questions can start the conversation. And so making sure that the caregiver is ready to be open to answering those, to give them facts, um, is very important to, you know, minimizing the shame, mm-hmm. um, removing any of that, those types of things so that kids feel like they can get questions answered. Well, and if they ask the questions and we're like, oh, we'll get to that later and you never get to it. And so they're just going to learn that cycle like, oh, I don't have a need to ask them anything, you know, and then that gets back to what you're talking about at the beginning. They're going to be carrying something on them, right? right? They're going to be carrying those feelings around not knowing what to do with it. And then someday they might just, it might explode, right? Right. And that's one of the things that we talk about a lot with kids is the, one of the conversations we have is around confusion. When we talk about kids mm-hmm. living in homes where they don't know why, they don't know what's going to happen to their grown-up, they don't know, you know, where they're going to go next or if their grown-up mm-hmm. is safe. Um, so we talk a lot about confusion. And so in whatever safe home they're in with a safe grown-up, we encourage them to, to talk and to ask questions. Yeah, that's good. Um, I love that, especially as a former you know, yeah, educator and elementary and all that. Like, I think it's so important. Um, so you kind of talked about what they can do for their child. So how, what are some of these other resources that you said we can, we'll put some in the show notes, but you and I were talking a little bit before we got on here just about, I was like, what other resources are out there, Jamie? Because there's going to be listeners from all over listening that want these resources. They want Peaceful Oklahoma. But what is, what are some resources right now people can start to look up and start that healing for their their child? So when we talk about our, our program, and so NACOA is the National Association for Children of Addiction. So they are, in a sense, our our go-to as a national level. Um, Do you know their website offhand? Yes, it should just be nacoa.org. Okay. Mm -hmm. N-A-C-O, sorry, nacoa, yeah, (laughs) N-A-C-O-A.org. Okay. Um, So they are um, a great resource for advocacy 
um, especially for kids, um, to be able to start having these conversations. Um, When we talk about younger kids, people are like, how young do we go? Well, Sesame Street and Communities has Elmo and a, a Muppet named Carly. And the Elmo and Carly have a conversation around Carly's mother's addiction. Wow. And so it's in an age-appropriate way with a workbook um, on the website that I will gladly send you yeah. um, that NACOA and Sesame Street Communities have a partnership to be able to just create kind of a handout. If a caregiver is like, I don't know what to do, you can go to their website, click Tough Conversations. and click, Oh, I love that. Yeah, click Parental Addiction and be able to start having it. So they're a great resource for littles that goes pretty much until pre-K or mm-hmm. kindergarten. Then we have um, SAMHSA.gov has great talk they listen. So it has a lot of great um, examples of working with teens when grownups think, you know, oh, my teenager wants nothing to do with me and all they do is eye roll at any suggestion, (laughs) any suggestion I have. It's really implementing the fact that teens do listen, whether they take it is their choice, but they are listening. So having that caregiver check in, having that caregiver ask where they're going, who they're with, those sorts of things is a really big um, part of their campaign um, because they want teens to know that there are safe people mm-hmm. um, who are looking out for them. So, um, and then a partnership to end addiction also has great resources regarding talking to teens um, to, it used to be drugs free America um, and now it's partnership to end addiction. And they are a great resource when it comes to, okay, what's really going on in the world of substances and teens And how do I navigate having those conversations with my teenager or even middle schooler? Mm. Um, The average age of um, a lot of kiddos who try for the first time, I'm sure many people have known this, is 12 to 13 to 14. And we know that it's potentially going to get younger um, as other types of substances come out. And so to continue to protect kiddos and break that cycle, these resources are great on navigating how to have a conversation with with them and provide other options so we'll like I said if you'll get those all those and we'll put them in the show notes um what about I didn't even talk to you before this so sorry for putting you on the spot it's okay what about books I get that question a lot like are there books that you know we can read with you know picture books or even like young adult books that they can read. Yeah. So there's um, a couple of workbooks um, that we have provided to families should they need them Mm -hmm. um, that I can also provide for you as well. Um, Claudia Black is a really great author um, regarding conversations and um, understanding when a, when for a child, when they have a caregiver struggling Mm -hmm. um, with an addiction, she's been in this world um, working with children impacted for 30 years. Wow. Um, And so she's a really great um, author. We um, have a great connection in the sense with, it's called Beamer Books. Um, Beamer is a character um, who meets addiction and has it in his home um, because of his caregivers. So that's a a storybook um, that we read um, with families and that we, we provide to families that participate in our program because there is, it's a series and we know life is a series. Oh, it's yeah. Not it's a, not, <laughs> it is, it's not a it? one book and then I'm done and I've got it all figured out. It's It needs to be continuous um, for all of us. And we're all learning. 
and it's evolving. And so we all have to be open to that and how to make sure that the next generation knows the facts, stays mm-hmm. supported, and the, the stigma is broken. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. You're just a wealth of knowledge and <laughs> I love it. Um, is there anything else you want, would want to tell our listeners or share with our listeners today? That doing even just a little bit of, even if they are just listening for the first time, just becoming more knowledgeable um, in the area of support, of finding their network. Um, mm-hmm. We know that it takes a community, it takes a village um, for all of us. And even the youngest of those villagers are kiddos. And to know that kiddos won't necessarily be able to advocate for themselves. And so for us as adults, um, it kind of turns to us Mm -hmm. to be able to do that for them and to be able to provide them with the best foot forward. So um, that's all I would encourage listeners to do is to know that if they have a kiddo in their life impacted, that there are resources out there. And um, Peaceful Family Oklahoma would be grateful to assist you and how do they get in contact with you if they want more information if they live in Oklahoma or just want more information sure how can they get in contact with you our website is peacefulfamilyok.org my email is my first name which is Jamie weird spelling j-a-y-m-e at peaceful uh, p-e-a-c-e-e p-e-a-c-e-f-u-l family f-a-m-i-l-y ok.org Um, they can contact us directly there, um, go to our website. You can just inquire. You don't have to enroll in a program. You can just say, I'm just interested in more information. And one of our teammates will, will gladly call you, email you, assist you in any way that we can. Yeah. Well, thank you again. And so I like to leave our listeners with a challenge. And so as I've been listening to you, I think one thing that struck me is, you know, our kids carrying around the feelings, the burdens of someone else, right? but also our listeners. And mm-hmm. so my question out there for our listeners today is my challenge is if you're carrying around something that isn't yours to carry, let it go today, let it go, you know, write it down, put it on paper, throw it away, whatever you need to do to let it go. Call somebody and say, I've been carrying this around with me. I need to let it go. And then my second challenge would be if you know a child or someone um, impacted by addiction, start talking at their level, start having those open and honest conversations and meet them at their level, you know, talking about, I remember when my husband first went to treatment, my kids were very young and he was going to get help because he was sick. He was sick, you know, starting those open and honest conversations um, with the children and to be willing to listen to them and um, be ready for those answers. So thank you guys so much for joining me this week and for um, being with us today, Jamie. I appreciate it. Thank you. You can learn more about Finding Hope at findinghope.today. But before you go, I would love for you to give us a five-star review, share this on social media, and subscribe to the, this podcast so you don't miss our next hope-filled episode. Thanks again for joining me, Amy LaRue, and our special guest, Jamie Kelton from Peaceful Family, Oklahoma, in this episode of Finding Hope. And remember, you are not alone. It's not your fault. There is hope. Oh.